All right. Welcome to 631 Sports. Today, it's a very good day. Wouldn't you, get, wouldn't you gentlemen agree with me? Yeah, I thought it was a good day. Very good day. And on a very good note. All right. Obviously, we're just going to address it and go straight into it. Let's go, Islanders, baby. Oh, boy. Today was an interesting game. Dude, I was not going to lie. I got nervous when the freaking Caps scored like the first freaking 30 seconds into the game. I'm like, oh, God. Well, this is going to be a terrible game. Let's start from the beginning. I remember the last game the Capitals played. They said it's just a game we've been here before. Every time we start a series, we lose it. When they won the cup two years ago, they lost three out of the four first games. So, going into this, I realized game one was not going to matter. And that's how they play. Going into this game, my thought was, okay, I I think we stole game one. Honestly, the way we were playing, we didn't get on to the late in the second. uh, And then... The third, we just dominated. But I, I feel like we stole that game. I feel like we were getting outplayed the majority of that. And I felt like the Caps were going to go full out this game. And I, I didn't know if we would be able to to keep up with their physicality. Oh, wait, Sunday? And how about uh, you? Game one, yeah. Game one, we got outplayed. Uh, we just were able to finish the game better. Game two, we just dominated. It took us a little bit to get our legs in that first period. I would say that first period, I was a little slow start. Yeah, a little slow start. But I was just, I was just happy that we weathered the storm. I felt like the first ten minutes we were just getting completely, like, I, like you said, outplayed. Ovechkin got that dirty goal first, like first line, thirty seconds into the game, and I'm like, oh man, I'm like, this is not going to end well. Because I thought it was going to be Ovechkin's coming out party saying, hey, listen, this is playoff time. No longer playing around here. And, and I mean, he did. He played good today, Ovechkin. I mean, dude, I'm not gonna lie. We're, we're kind of jumping the gun, but when he had that wide open shot on that, I think was that a power play? You know what I'm talking about yeah. when he whiffed? Yeah. I was like, almost gave me a heart attack. I'm like, <laughs> holy hell! Nine out of ten times he hits that. Nine out of ten times he hits that. Yeah, that he does. You can't say he's not a good goal scorer. Oh but, man! I mean, I feel the hype, man. I feel the hype. I, I know, always, it's good to get. Growing up as a fan, when you deal with the Mike Milbury errors and the Jack Aguilano's, you never get hyped. You never believe the hope. You just, how are they going to blow it this time? Now it's like, you got trots and we have Lula Morello and good ownership. I but know. I mean, we still we still got a whole, we still got to win two more games. So, there's only round one, officially round one. But I mean, that's, it tell you one thing. Hey, Phil, what's your two more games? Team, you oh, still gotta games. win two more games. You're right. I thought it was best of three series. No, best of four now. Best of four. Okay, two more games. Uh, but dude, I'm telling you, if the Islanders continue to play team hockey like this. They will be a tough team to play. I'm feeling last year, they're they're getting people to contribute and they're putting the puck in the back of the net. Feeling who did I say I I, I wanted to see more out of? Bovillier. And what are we getting? We're getting like Bovilliers. I'm feeling after the season if. If Jordan Eberle gets picked by Seattle, Jordan Eberle, I mean, uh, Beauvillier needs to be on the Barzell line. But the only thing that's holding me back is that, let's be honest, the Beauvillier, Nelson, and the Broussard line? Am I, am I right with that? 
I yeah. feel they are doing so much dirty work for this team. It's insane. They are the spark plug of this team besides the fourth line. It's, they are their goal scoring right now. They are their goal scoring line. You know, I'm going to be honest here is what's really surprising to me is the third line. Because I remember watching through the whole season, our third line just was a mixture. Every 10 games, it was someone new in our third line. That third line could not get going. And what I've seen out of these two series so far is the third line has finally clicked to be a third line. Well, you know, I could contribute that to getting a pego. I mean, I feel like he he's like helping this team turn around. But it's more than just Pajot, though. You can't just... I, I don't know, dude. I don't... Like, honestly, I just feel like it, it, it takes one player to boost confidence on that line. He's tough. He's a tough SOB. So, I mean, he gives juice to his line mates. It's, it's just... I definitely feel like one player that's solid that you know you, can, you count on who's going to do dirty work for you. Not going to take anything from any of the players. I also hold it think down. it helps out Zizekas getting Pajot, so no longer Zizekas is being burnt from playing penalty kill and playing 5-5 and also covering for power play at times. He will finally have a chance to rest instead of being the glue guy. Now we have two glue guys. <laughs> so, finally Jay. paying off. Huh? How, how, did you watch the game? All right. I don't know if Jay's here right now, but obviously, great, great day. Uh, so let's let's go period by period. Now we can all agree that the the first period I felt like belongs to the cat. Majority. I think, yeah. I think that's yeah, that's one hundred percent. Um, second period. This this is when the fourth line came out and shined. I mean, that's when all lines came out and shined. That's when the honors well, finally got primarily. The I feel like the fourth line is the line that gets starts to get everything in motion. It starts to get everything in motion for us. I mean, before that though, Nick Letty finally freaking aimed at the net on a power. Play. We finally got a power play goal. I know it's, it's insane. It's insane. But I mean, yeah, like that that fourth line, two goals today. They play tough. They will play tough. And Matt Martin, I hope I hope Matt Martin fights Tom Wilson this this series. I'm sick and tired of Tom Wilson hitting our players. Ross Johnson needs to be in next game to to set a statement. I don't know if you take a statement. A, I don't know if you take a cover up to put in uh, Ross Johnson right now, bro. I know. It's, if we lose, if we lose game three, he'll be in game four. But if we win game, we're not gonna. If we if we win game three, we're not seeing Ross Johnson this series unless we lose game four. I don't even even at that point. Like Leo has, Leo would have to go like, go down with injury, God forbid, for him to come in. And even so, that would be cool. Well, I mean, if if, if the Capitals start head hunting, you're gonna need that extra from the lineup. And Trotz knows that. Trotz knows what kind of dirty, dirty game the Cats can play if they're down. Yeah. So, I mean, baby Trotz, a messiah. <laughs> Literally. I will say, I remember, sorry, this is a bit of a tangent. The comment about the uh, 91 being in, on the jerseys and sketchings was hilarious. Did you guys hear this? <laughs> no, no. What is it? Yeah. So they're trying to advertise the UBS arena 
and then Butch Gordon says, I think I see a 91 somewhere. Like, I don't see a whole lot on the 91. I see 23. I see Nystrom. I don't know if I don't see me in there. He said, yeah, there's 91. It's up in the rafters. But he says, if it was on a jersey, I could promise you it was going to be your jersey. And they both started laughing. <laughs> That's funny. I found that whole way. Dude, dude I, I, just love, I just think it's, it's funny. This is the kind of going on last year, but everyone thought we were going to be the worst team in the league. Well, you know that odd it. shot guy? Huh? There's a no. I think he was like the main calculator for Odd Shark, which is the betting website, and he mm-hmm. hates the Islanders. He says the Islanders should have been dead last. That it's all just been a fluke. Every year, these past years have just been a one weird fluke for the Islanders. Yeah, fluke. We're dominating the Caps. Yeah. Well, underdogs, baby. Upset City, baby. Dude, the Islanders. This is this is why I, I hate people like the, the odds. On paper, the Islanders are not a good team. But when you have good coaching and you get every guy on the bench and the locker to trust in the system, to go play to go play those pucks in the corners hard, to give that extra one percent when you're trying to get the puck, like that's what Trotz has instilled into these guys. And you can't teach that. That's just in the guys. If you believe in the system and you believe in your coach, you will go the extra mile. Hey, listen. And, you know, my perfect example of never believe the on-paper matchups is the Lightning. If it was always on paper, the Lightning would have won three cups by now. Mm-hmm. So That's why it, was, it was on paper, the Lightning would have won the cup last year and they lost in the first round. Swept in the first round. They had as many wins as uh, Ottawa Senators at that point. I know, but dude, but, all right, let's get back right, to Matt. you. Hey, AJ, what's up? What's up? Very tough game game today. I just came out on top. Mm-hmm. You hyped? Yeah, I am. Dude, like, I, I know. it's um. This isn't one team I would have expected them to be up 2-0 against. Guaranteed. Technically, we're on the road, so especially on the road. But, uh, look, it is what it is. Uh, I'm actually really surprised by what's going on. Dude, imagine if they if we had fans and they were playing at the Coliseum. Could you oh, imagine man. how crazy? You would not hear yourself think. Would you, you guys would have won. You guys would have won, wouldn't you? Yes. A playoff game. Uh, last year, I went to every playoff game. Uh, saw me this year. And then Jay would have had to come out and meet you. Probably. <laughs> oh, then man. The third, once the third period hit, Deanna said, no more goals. No. Dude, what was insane is that when o- Ovechkin got that tapping and tied 2-2, and then 16 seconds later, Brock Nelson just went sick of mode, stole the puck, and freaking just put it in the back of the net. Like, that was insane. I was not expecting that. But yeah. but also, we have to address something that I think people that live in the past are, are refusing to acknowledge is that once Barry Trotz left, and I, I forget the, the people are going to be like, oh, you don't know, you know. The coach that Trotz took was a goalie coach. He's supposed to be supposed to, the best goalie coach in the league. Mitch Horn? When he took oh, – yes, absolutely. Mitch Horn. When he – when he took him with him to the Islanders, you saw the Islanders goalie play 
go go up. All right. Holtby does not look like himself what he played in in his days, and that's only two years. That's not even that long. I mean, even last year he was completely different than this year. Holtby just looks lost in that new system and the new the new goalie coach. So I I mean the Islanders are taking advantage of the situation, and I'm just I know that Trotz is defensive. What I would like to see the Isles do more is stop being so conservative and looking for the one more pass. Get as many pucks on the net as possible because we've seen it in in game one that if you put pucks on the net, you can get Andrews Lee, who all he does is stand in front of the net and get tapping goals. That's what I want this team to do more. I mean, granted, we're getting goals now, but I feel like this series, game three, is going to have to be a must-win game. If we get game three, I can – I'm not going to say – I'm not going to jinx it. I'm not going to say it. But if we win game three, it'll be looking pretty good. And I think we all can agree. If we win game three, it's just going to be a huge sucker punch to the Caps. And it's going to be a statement to the NHL saying, we, the Islanders, we believe in this system. We're going to go all in. We, we're well-rested. We, no one's hurt except Johnny Boychuk. But we got He's Andy Green play, doing actually. good. Johnny Borchuk is clear I, to play. It's a decision by Barry Chalk to play and agree because he but, has been playing better. But this is what I'm saying. This will be a statement to the league that says we're ready to play. Everyone's doubting us. We have a chip on shoulder. Frotz has been here before. I, I feel like we need game three is a must win. A must win. A big statement was that final five minutes when the oh, that, the capital zone. And and I called you. That was probably the best three minutes of hockey I have seen the Islanders play all year. No doubt. No doubt. I want to see the Islanders four track a bit more, personally. I feel like they have they have so many guys clutter buckets, Ezekis, Martin. And I've seen a lot of Beauvillier. They Three. fight for pucks in the corner. Yeah. You, you see, especially Beauvillier, you see him, he gets that first towards the puck, and he will fight. He will fight and try to get the next next guy or get the puck out. That's what I love. That's what you can't teach. That's something you can't teach. And I'm finally happy that we're starting to see the, the winger that we traded up for in the draft and, and to get. Starting to finally be the winger we all expected him to be. Thanks, Oilers. <laughs> I, I mean, dude, it, I'm, just, I'm just hyped. Jay, your thoughts on the game? Five to two. You guys already said everything else. I don't. I'm here for the moral support right now. You you kind of <laughs> sold everything in. Nah, it's I, honestly it's nice having a New York team that's doing well. It feels weird being an out of the team, seeing them not suck. Dude, it's weird. It's, it's like weird. me and the Mets. It's like me and the Mets in 2015, but they broke my heart. And I see it in the bag. But it was because growing up from 2000, I watched them in 2005. I always see them black. Oh my god, I, I feel I feel so bad for you. I was born into an Ottawa fan. And every, the first game I went to, we lost. It was against the Ottawa Senators when they had Marion Hosa, Jason Spencer, and Danny Alves. So. Every time, it's just it's I was watching I was watching this YouTube video on the Islanders, and it's just if you have the Mike Milbury era, the Rick DiPietro era, Gar Snow era, it's just it's finally happy when 
you have owners who, by the way, actually have money to pay. <laughs> that's a, that's a funny joke, isn't it, Nick? Oh, that that burns. That, we still, I still but, feel that. But it's just happy that we have owners that are stepping aside. We were able to get Lula Morello in to be our operations hockey, get a competent GM, which we all know Lula Morello is probably is playing GM right now, even though he's not the official GM. He's calling the shots. Yeah. I trust Lou to not only be able to start shifting this team to get younger and later down the line when maybe we trade Cal Clutterbuck, obviously we're going to have to move on from Boychuk. He's 36. He's holding a spot up from Dobbins. But I feel like I will trust him because he's he's known for doing that. He turned around the Devils, the three Stanley Cups. He was able to get that insane team for Toronto that, by the way, can't win a playoff series. So even with even with the snake joining them. So I I mean, this guy will find you weapons. And also your ability for him to snag Barry Trotz and pay him the money that he deserved after winning a cup with the Caps arguably has has to be his best move he's he's made in a very long time. Well, you know what Trot said when he when once he was go to collect his ring. You know what he said to them? Bring, let's bring it to the effing island. I don't want to curse you because have to go I don't want to. The effing island. So, I mean, dude, it's just for, for the Capitals to let that caliber of a coach go, I, I just don't understand. And the Capitals I'm, I'm, always I'm thankful. like the head coach now. They always like Todd Reardon to be the coach eventually. So, they never wanted to pay Barry Trotz. But so that's what, that's what dude, it was. Just remember, everyone was hearing it from Ranger fans when we lost. Everyone was counting us out. And you know what? Trot stepped in, gave those guys fuel, put a chip on their shoulder, and said, let's prove them wrong. And so far, that's what we're doing. We may not have a superstar. Well, Barzell's kind of like our superstar, but he's not. he can't really put the puck in the back of the net yet. But we don't really have a goal scorer, a superstar like Connor McDavid, John Tavares, Ovechkin. And you know what? We're that are finding ways to put the puck in the back of the net. We're having guys that are fighting for pucks in the corner. We have a goalie that was a bum with the avalanche coming in and doing really well against a high goal-scoring team. I mean, what else can you want from this team? On paper, we should have even made the playoffs. On paper, we should have had the highest odds to win the freaking first overall pick. But you know what? We got good ownership. We got good leaders in the front office, and we have a hell of a damn coach that will give these guys juice in between periods. And that's what we've been seeing in these playoffs. I mean, what else can we say? That's pretty much the only thing I could say the Amazon to fix is the, is the power play. It's so. That, that, that they really need to fix. That is true. Power more. play. We, uh, we, we scored. When was the last time we scored in power play? We scored today. Nicoletti. Nicoletti. <laughs> but we had five opportunities. And we only put away one. They just can't get Dude, they just, Especially on the cap. The they just can't get back into it. And it's killing them. What, what I really want the Islanders to do after the season is I would like to see them 
try to get rid of their bad contracts from the last regime and and maybe sign a goal scorer to pair up with uh, Barzell. That's what I would really love to see. Lou, Lou might be able to get it done, but we'll see. But And also, we had to talk about this. We didn't have a podcast about this, but let's talk our major prospect coming up next year. Mitch Horn's going to have a field day with this guy. Yeah. Sorokin. Well, you know what Let's Mitch go. Horn said about this, right? What do you say? So in an interview with Barry Trotz, they asked, what does Mitch Horn think of Ellie Sorokin? He said once Mitch Horn was watching his highlights, he said Mitch Horn was like a kid in a candy shop. <laughs> Dude, I'm excited for Sorokin. Like, like I, I have people I go on Twitter and people are like, oh, he's gonna be the next Ricky Pietro. I'm like, you gotta give the guy a shot. One, and he's proven in the KHL that he can get the job done. I mean, right. obviously KHL is a lot different than the NHL, but you also have the best goalie coach in the league as your your first year coach in the NHL. Yeah, and and we can probably assume that once Barry Trotz's contract's up, the Islanders are probably gonna keep him. Yeah, they, they'd be dumb to let him go. Would. You would pay a coach $5 million to change the culture around. Oh, easy. So, I, I mean, it's – I'm excited. I'm definitely excited for Sorokin. And it's going to be – it's definitely going to be interesting. Like, I, I, you got to give credit where credit's due. And I'm sorry, Nick, this is going to boil your your your, uh, your blood, but we, we covered New York sports, so we kind of have to talk about this too. But, I mean, hats off to the Rangers. They signed Artemi Panarin. They were able to rebuild fast, like they said they would, and and they got their asses kicked by the the Hurricanes and got the first round pick, first pick in the draft. The draft It was almost the Leafs. If you watch the film, you see the Leaf ball banging post to post, and the Wild came and knocked it out. You know, what the Dude, ah, that was so rigged. I mean, c- come on, the guy was literally watching the ping pong ball. If they actually had some credibility. They would have the guy blindfold and press the button whenever he felt like it. To actually make it credible, I actually make it interesting too. <laughs> I I think it is what it is. You can't be mad about a lottery. It you what is it gonna do? I, the only thing that I'm mad about the lottery is that the teams that didn't make the playoffs, I felt like deserved the first pick more than, than the team that made the playoffs. But obviously, it made it more interesting. But I mean, like. Didn't the team, the, eighth, the team that was in the playoffs, didn't they have the lowest odds for the first round pick? In normal standards, yes. But yeah. so, like, so let's be real here. Would you rather have teams start tanking again? Look at what happened to the Penguins, where they intentionally tanked for Mario Lemieux. Well, really I mean, look, this is, this is my stance. Started. This is my stance on them. Do you honestly think that the Detroit Red Wings were trying to tank? Their organization is just bad. And I mean, they could have used a guy like that at number one. Like, there's teams that just have such a bad uh, farm system, executives, coaching, that, like, what what do you want them to do? I mean, like, the, the Rangers, they have Igor, Panarin, they got Strom. They, they have other guys. They still have a terrible defense, though. They still doesn't fix their defensive woes. Yes, but let me ask you this question. If you can put goals in the back of the net, 
We don't going, have to worry about a defense. Are we going back to 80s Oilers now, where you should have to outscore the opponent more? <laughs> I mean, shit, the Chiefs do it all the time in the NFL. I get it too. I mean, if you're gonna go all in for one, you're gonna have you're gonna have probably this is what you're gonna have. You're probably gonna have Panarin, Lafonte, oh, and you're probably gonna have I don't even know a center. You're gonna have probably Zabinijad play center. You know how yeah, deadly that line's gonna be. Plus, you got Paco Kako and Stroma, another line. Paco Kako is also good since coming back, so that hurts us. But in the end, and and dude, you got to give you got like I'm not trying to make this into a Rangers pod after the Islanders just had a sick game while they're still in the playoffs. But I mean, <laughs> they also the Rangers also have pretty good prospects. They have what they have that six foot like four or five defensemen they, that they got this trade deadline. Yeah. And we have to address that Igor and Sorokin are probably going to be one of the top five goalies the next six years in the NHL, what they're projected to be. So it's it's definitely going to be fun in New York with Trotz and Lumarello calling the shots. What I pray for, though, is Lumarello is 77 years old. All right? I'm hoping that before he retires, he can get us really good goal scoring from the draft and just be able to get prospects in that when we have a guy like Boychuk or Nick Letty gets old and he goes, or we can't sign guys like Pollock or Taze, just I to just step in and fill the void. He doesn't trade a bad contract for another bad contract, you know? I, like, if, if we're going to trade Andrew Ladd for Parisi, I, I don't want to do that. I would I, rather have Ladd play or Ladd be on the bench than ruin and then getting another bad contract. And getting a worse contract that's for a lot more what? And I, I heard Final fans were like, oh, perfectly okay with that. Like, they, they wanted Parisi. I'm like, what are you nuts? He's on sign for another $7 million for another seven years. They just reached a halfway point of those contracts. I wouldn't want, and it's only going to get worse from here. I wouldn't want that contract on my team. Plus, I mean, honestly, people hate Ladd, but if if someone gets hurt and you plug Ladd in, it's it's not like he's going to play in an effective eight minutes, but you won't even notice he's there. And it's like Paris, he's already 35 years old, which I get people can play in their 40s, but do you really want someone in, their, in that's going to be 40 years old making like $7 million a year? No, you don't. So it, it's just, I, I don't know. But, I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting, this, this Islanders and Rangers rivalry again. It's, it's definitely going to be very interesting. It's finally so, a good New York-New York series. For the first well, time in a long time. We, we still got to – I still, I still believe that that Panarin's going to regret signing with the with the Rangers over the Islanders. But no, I, don't I think, think he's gonna it just adds. I well, the only thing reason why I think I think with Barry Trotz, and I know this is going to sound biased, but I just feel like you can have all the offensive firepower like the Rangers are going to have, but you just can't cope. And Barry Trotz, I'm sorry, I'm slurping him off, but. He gives fuel to the players. And I feel like the biggest mistake the Rangers have, have gone is – I'm going to say his name right. He's the head coach of the, the Blue Jackets. Tortorello? Yeah, Tortorello. Big, big, big mistake of them after they lost the Stanley Cup. I don't care what you say if it was the right decision. He's, he was able to also change around the Blue Jackets. And now look at them. They're going toe-to-toe with the freaking uh, Lightning. My so, I mean, theory with Tortorella, 
Because think about it. Tortorella coached the Lightning. Many, many years ago. He was the one that won the cup. Tortorella has a shelf life. And in his early years, he had a shelf life because of his personality. It took him after getting fired from Vancouver to realize that he had to kind of calm his personality down for it to work. Long step. Because it didn't work. Because after the cup, it didn't work with the Lightning anymore. After, after a long time with the Rangers, it stopped working. Then it only worked one yes. year in Vancouver. Yes, it took a long time to what, find what gets, his right What side. gets me with, the, with this team is that you have a good coach, and I get his personality might not fit your team, but honestly... He also wasn't winning. If you remember, he, was, he wasn't winning at the end of it. Yeah, but do you blame that on him, or do you blame that on, on the executive building a team around him and not knowing when your players are done? Because Elaine Gignola had a good couple of years. Okay, so let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question, right? Nick, if we signed Barry Trotz, and let's say it was that we, we weren't, we didn't have Lou Malarello, and we still had Gar Snow, and, and we didn't have this, and Barry Trotz lost two years in a row, or three years in a row, with very bad team, would you want Trotz fired if it's not even his fault? Unfortunately, something's got to give. And if it's the coach, it's got to be the coach. It just sometimes doesn't work with the team that you have. I don't know. I, I just feel like if you, you don't get rid of a good coach. If you have defensive-minded and you throw an offensive coach, it's hard for them to adjust. I know, but it's also like you, you have to give a coach at least some players. But good thing we're not in that situation. This is all hypothetical. But, I mean, this is just – I feel like – if, imagine if, the, if Tortorello was still coaching the Rangers and they had all this firepower. I just, it's a like, that would be deadly. That would be deadly. Torch has always done better with no names. Kind of like Barry Trotz. You rather have a no-name team player. You mean Little Betchkin? Oh, man. For four years. No, I said he plays better than he has no name. Like, look at the National Predators when he coached from 97 to, what, 2012? Name, the name a player from those years. Can you name me five players? From the name, name one of those players that was yeah. on the, uh, the National Oilers. Predators. I mean, not the Oilers, National the Predators National when he was Predators. there. Yep. Uh, all right, I'll tell you one. Let me give me a second. He's the captain of the team now. What's his name? Yeah, he wasn't there. there. Roman. was not there. What year did he get drafted? 2012. Now he got drafted in 08. 08? 08. Oh! There you go. Uh, let's see. Let's see another player. Give me a second. I'll give you a name. David Legwan. Do you remember him? I do not remember him. He's their points leader for Nashville. All right, let's... Let's just let's just let's just say that Trotz just is, Trotz can get the best out of the players. Let's just yeah. let's just put it at that. But I mean, let's let's get back on topic. I'm I'm just happy I'm hyped. We need to win game three. That's all I need to say. We need it's good that, to it's win good that sports back. Game three. It definitely is. Well since we're it's, it's even sport. better it's even better if you're if you're betting on the Islanders, I mean they've been the plus. Let's let's see what the odds were today. Minus one thirty five, I, mean, I, I think, for the caps. No, yeah. So I mean, if you're betting on the Islanders first two games, you're making bank. Yeah. So I might have to take a trip down to a make a trip outside New York. <laughs> to Jersey. 
Dude, the Islanders might be favorites next game. But I don't think they would do that. No. I th- but anyway. All right. I think we're going to be wrapping up this pod soon. But uh, we're going to well, be having a UFC podcast, hopefully, tomorrow morning. Well, so, I was going to bring up the rest of New York sports, like the Mets and the Yankees. We'll okay. save that for another day. The Mets, oh. the Mets blew my heart out again. They blew <laughs> my heart again. Man, you should be, you should be used to this, Phelan. Yeah, you're right. I should be used. I should be used to it. Man, yeah. you just expect the West, and you will never be disappointed. Dude, I just need to go into every game thinking that we're just going to get annihilated, and then we'll end up winning. And then I'll be like, oh, it's yeah. upsetting. The Stanley guy joke about the Mets still holds up today. I mean, everyone, dude, when Brian Stewart go to the first game, all right. And the home run season's over. That's how the Mets play. Dude, I, honestly, though, like, I this year, 60 games, but, like, I'm not expecting anything from the Mets. And this year, 60 games, you're, you're, obviously your ownership right now is just – you don't even know who's going to buy the team. They're being sold. I, I mean, just see what your farm system Phelan, can do. You, you should buy a team, Phelan. You got a little yeah, cash yeah, down yeah. the round. Yeah, he wants to talk about <laughs> But like, let let you see what you have in your farm system, and then your new your new ownership can clean house. Because I want Brody Van Wingham gone. I want him gone. I mean, he traded away our best prospect for Robert Pinkett, which okay, he's batting four hundred now, right? Guy always gets hurt. He's thirty seven years old, making double digits. Uh, I mean, that's good now, but when he's in his forties, not good. Not good. That's all I got to say. It's going to be Bonilla part two. I wish – I would rather do that than have Cano on the field. I would rather pay a guy a million dollars a year for the rest of his life than watch watch that. He's taking a spot away. Like, imagine if he didn't get hurt and Jimenez never was in the lineup. We wouldn't even been able to see what Jimenez had. And again, Rosario got hurt too. But, I mean, Rosario is going to be there for the long haul. Then also what Cespedes did, not show up yeah. and just say I don't want to play. Yeah, anymore. that's 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 peak Mets. That's peak Mets ownership at its finest. Not having your players accountable, letting them get away with anything they want, not having any respect in the locker room. I mean, it, at, at what point do you just say, well, you, you get what you get with these owners? The well, Ponds, good riddance, good riddance. It was a fluke. I'm honestly starting to think that 2015 was a fluke. Uh, honestly, our pitching just got hot because I don't know how we were able to make the World Series with such terrible ownership, terrible management, and and a god awful GM in Sandy Alderson. So, uh, you gonna I, go I really get, get gonna get 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 a Cole Jersey? No, I don't. Yeah. I, I think Garrett Cole is gonna get exposed a couple of years into his contract. I do not like Garrett Cole. I thought he was a system of the. The Astros, and when you have all that offensive firepower with the Yankees, you can do good things with it. Well, George just got injured. He's on the uh, DL right now. I think a DL ten. If I'm not mistaken. I have no idea. I don't really follow the Yankees too much because I'm in South Carolina, so the only thing I get is updates. Well, I just got an update saying that he's on. Uh, let me check real quick. Uh, I guess the last thing we could talk about is uh, the fact that NFL training camp has started. We're just hyped about that. I'm excited to see what Mackay Beckton can do. 
what, with a quarter of the rosters? They were practically playing with minor leaguers at this point. Um, so nah, we're talking about we're talking about football. Yeah, no, I meant with like all the football players backing out at this point. Nah, honestly, I don't even care anymore. To me, I, I think it's it's a perfect situation with the players backing out because Mackay Beckton. I, I knew going into the season, the reason why I didn't really want the Jets to select Mackay. I mean, I Gantt like. Tristan Wirfs was there, but they view Wirfs more of a tackle, I mean, guard than tackle. But I just wanted a guy who you would know and be able to step in right away and not be such a project. But I mean, Makai's upside, just give him a year to learn and get bigger and stronger and adjust to the NFL. I, I just, it was too good to pass up. And he's also six foot seven. I mean, he doesn't pan out as right tackle. You can always put him at left tackle. I mean, left tackle, you can put him at right tackle. But, I mean, it is what it is. We, we got to see what he can do. I, I have faith in Joe Douglas to be able to uh, see I know it's me watching the Jets all these years for the best teams we've watched was Terry uh, Sanchez. Sanchez. I just have no faith in the Jets at all. You just need the right ownership and the right People from the Spare not room. So th- those next, uh, those four first round picks you got. Yeah. Honestly, let's just let's just hope that they pan out. Just draft position of need. I'm uh, feeling like this year you get receiver and running back. Two first round picks, Mike. You would love that, would you? No, 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 no. Mike, you Mike, that's your first. That's your favorite. That's your favorite thing in the world. In the world, first round no. running backs and paying running backs. I hate you. We all know my stance on on running back in the NFL. Today, the most it. important piece on the team. We know. No, most important <laughs> position on the team. It goes in this order. It goes quarterback one. It goes edge rusher two, left tackle three. Those are the three positions nowadays that you need. Uh, I want. I either want the Jets to draft another tackle, or draft an edge rusher with the first pick, and with the second pick, I want them to trade down, either get seconds, a late, a late first, and an extra pick, and then I would want them to draft a receiver with a late first. Round pick. Imagine Tank for Russo and hope for Penny, Pen, Penny Sewell to to, to 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 drop. Dude, honestly, if the Jets were to draft Penny Sewell, move him to left, and have Beckton at right. I would be completely fine with that because then you wouldn't have to worry if if Darnold doesn't pan out, and you draft a new, a new quarterback, and tank one more year for a better quarterback. You would have a you would have a solid foundation like what the Cowboys did, where they brought Dak. You have a solid foundation for a young quarterback to come in, play good, and also you would able to possibly possibly have more development, and maybe draft a running back late. And possibly having him come out because you'll have just a beast offensive line, but it, it's it's a big wood. But personally, Nick, you know my stance about running backs. Don't pay him. Yes, highly don't pay them. They're the easiest position to re, uh, fill in the NFL. You can have a sick offensive line and a subpar running back, and the running back will at least get 800 yards. Well, look at Demarco Murray. Yes, prime example. You don't pay running back, but look what he did with Philadelphia. 
Uh, I agree with that. It's just. I mean, I get you got a player's going to want to make his money, but we've seen it consistently where you pay running backs, they're former shells of themselves, and then you have guys who are rookie deals become pro bowlers, and then when they sign their contract, do absolutely nothing. But my question is if Chris McCaffrey breaks this, uh, breaks that, that uh, little rule you have, it continues Dude, to play great. Well, let me ask you this question. Running backs don't survive the way that they're using McCaffrey. Good for him. He got his money. You know why? Panthers are going to suck, and he's going to get a beating. So, you know what? He, he finessed the, the Panthers when they were, they're in rebuilding, and obviously they wanted to keep a marquee name to keep the fan base happy. You know what? That's what they did. And you know what? When they stink and he's complimenting retirement like Barry Sanders did because he's getting his body destroyed, and then you still owe him money. I mean, that's what they're going to have to pay. Right. Possibly, possibly. So, that's my thing. If you're going to get a running back, either you pick him in the second or you pick him in the fourth. That's my stance. <laughs> well, you know what? We'll see because, I mean, I'll be honest with you. JD seems a good GM, but you 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 know from prior experience, when it comes to early picks, the Jets don't really have a good track. When it history. comes to picking in general, oh, okay, yeah, true. <laughs> picking in general, <laughs> they don't have first picks, all the picks. Let's let's just have hope that that Joe Douglas. I mean, I, granted, he's new, but like. Caps off to Joe Douglas, dude. I feel like he's just changing the culture. I mean, he's only been here for a year, but you can just feel it. He's he's, he's addressing issues that I wish Mike McCadden would have picked. And is, this is uh, a fun fact. Is Jason Blackstone here? No. Hmm? no. Left. Left? Here's, a, here's a fun fact. We're going to finish it up in two more minutes in this pod. But to put it this way, Mike McCadden did not draft an offensive lineman. And he had five drafts, I believe. Five or four drafts. Or four or five, I should say, for the people that do. It's incorrect. But uh, he's only drafted Brandon Shell and Chuma Edoja in these years he's had a draft. Fifth round tackle, third round tackle. Joe Douglas, in his first year in a draft, has drafted two offensive linemen. Now, I get it. I get it. It's not the sexy pick. It's not the best player available, as some people would say. But it's the best. It's the most important position on a team when you have a young quarterback. You're protecting him and keeping him up with. I always say I, the lines are what you win. You have a great defensive line, you're going to win defense. You have a great offensive line, you're going to win offense. It all starts with the line. It starts with the I hog mean, mollies. What, what really, people on the team, the really hog mollies. Gets, gets me is this. Is you have the Cowboys. Why don't teams follow the Cowboys model? You pick offensive lineman in the first round. You pick the best offensive lineman per position you need, right, in the first round, three years in a row. Look what happened. Look, it changed their team. around. You have Tyron Smith, who's arguably the best offensive lineman in, in the league. And you had Travis Frederick, who granted had neck issues, but at the time, everyone knew he was the best center in the league, give or take. One, or, one two, or three. Lyle Collins, argument. another great tackle. A solid right tackle. A solid right tackle they got. 
It's just like, I don't understand why teams don't use that model. I mean, I get it. I get it. You need you need the flashy corner or the receiver. But off, good offensive linemen are hard to come out. And that's what I harped on this year's draft. I knew it. The biggest elephant in the room was, oh, people wanted C.D. Lamb. And I'm like, no. And then people are like, why? I was like, well, it's easier to get a receiver later in the draft than it is to get an offensive lineman. And even the Giants picking Andrew Thomas, that was a great pick. Great pick for them. They needed. They got an issue that they were neglected for a very long time. I think teams are starting to realize now that you need offensive line. Look at uh, the Colts drafting Quinton Nelson. People thought, oh, he could have waited a little bit. He, tur- he turned out to be one of the best linemen yeah. in that draft. Too bad it was too late because they lost their franchise quarterback because, again, didn't address the offensive line, and your quarterback was franchise retired early because he was getting his body destroyed. That Same thing that's going to happen to McCaffrey. That wasn't uh, what's yeah. this? That wasn't uh, the new GM, the current GM's fault. That was the old GM. No, it wasn't. But it's it's it was too late. So much you could it, it was too late. You know what I mean? You had the damage was already drafted? done. He was drafted t- in 2011 from 2000, mm-hmm. and they so, refused to address the offensive yeah. line between that. And you have a GM. By the way, we had Andrew Luck saying he couldn't even get out of bed. That's how much pain he was in. He was having problems, and he was only 29 years old. And he said it best: "I want to be able to walk with my kids." Yeah. And I mean that's sometimes that's how it goes. Listen, I'm not blaming luck for leaving. I'm just saying that teams are starting to realize now you need offensive lines to win. It's now becoming a known thing. I, I know. And I thank God because it gives me more motivation to say I'm in feeling left tackle. Imagine year. next year's draft they tank for Gregory Russo and some old penny sword drops and you pick him up, you probably have a heart attack. You, you probably do a backflip. <laughs> Dude, if you pick Penny Sewell, I might get a heart on. No, no. You get Russo with your first pick and then Penny Sewell. Yeah, I think uh, Gregory is going to slip just from not having college before and opting out. I mean... Well, the big thing is college this season is half the teams aren't even going to play. They're going to find ways to play. They're talking about playing them like after fall season, like doing like a spring league. That would not work because you would have the NFL draft in the spring and players that would be playing, what, what, they would get drafted while they're playing the college season? It makes zero sense. That's that means you would have to have your teammate, you, your team opt out. And there's no, there's no point because you know what? What, is it just going to be the Big Ten championship? There is no big out who wins. opted out. No, they're going to play. They, they, they said they're going to postpone. They're postponing all fall sports this and, year. And you know, you know what's going to happen? Let them do that, and you're going to have teams like Ohio State, Nebraska, go to a different conference. The only, one, the only conference I know is confirmed to play is the ACC. That's the ACC, no, ACC and, SEC. and the Big 12. They're playing. Big 12 starting to play in September, but the other two teams are going to start on top, which is good for them. Good for them. But I do know officially the Big Ten has backed out of this year. Yeah, it was soft. It was soft. Pac-12 already said so. So, I mean, there's, there's two-thirds of, of your Power well, 5 teams. Well, I mean, the Pac- look, look, let's be honest. Pac-12 is arguably the fourth worst, fourth worst for, uh, thing to watch. I mean, let's just be honest. The ACC, too. I mean, you take Clemson out of the ACC, and it's just like you're watching paint dry on a wall. True, true. I mean... I don't watch college football like that because 
you know, a six three one sport. Well, you watch these professional sports. You don't really have a college fan. Well, I get here. I live in South Carolina, so I pull for my South Carolina team. The game sucks. Yes. The biggest, biggest day of my life. I told Ann to bet Gamecocks versus Georgia. You know what happened? They freaking won. All right. But I think we're going to finish this podcast off. We'll have another podcast tomorrow. We're going to talk Steve A versus DC tomorrow. So, night, boys. Let's go out. Let's go out.